Yay! It's the Darren Clarkson podcast, and this is where we can put some clapping effects in, isn't it? So it sounds like I've got loads of fans or some cheering. Yeah, it's a good day, innit? Look at this, sun's out. Why am I excited this morning? Well, some of you will know why I'm excited, because I finally managed to get the podcast on both Podbean and Spotify. So I'm down with the kids, you know, and uh, that's a cool thing, being on Spotify. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had a news of over 10,000 downloads on the podcast, which just proves that me talking into you is not done. Uh, it's like some sort of madhouse situation with me in a straitjacket. People actually do listen. So that's brilliant. Right, what we're we talking about today, probably not a great deal. Or probably loads, depending on how you value uh, my content. <laughs> I have got a cup of tea today, and uh, I might be slurping. So I'm sorry for people that don't like that, but it's just the way it's going to be. Right, what are we talking about? I'm injured at the moment, which is a bit weird. Uh, years and years ago, years, but we'll be about 20, 25 years ago maybe, uh, I extended my shoulder, my right shoulder, uh, squirt boating. Uh, oh, 25 years ago? Yeah, maybe, maybe more, maybe more like 27 perhaps. Uh, I, extended, I extended my shoulder, my right shoulder. Uh, while squirt button at Nottingham off uh, a feature known as the cheese block. Doing some sort of squirty McSquirty type splatty death wheelie type things and mysteries and all that. And I, I just I just pulled it off and it really hurt. it was never dislocated but it didn't have hurt. And I think, so I just rested it out because I was a student at the time and I didn't go to physio or any of that stuff. I sort of rested it out. And it's crept back this last couple of weeks. My right shoulder, it's really difficult to put pressure on it. Uh, like, really difficult to sort of use it with any power. But I'm doing the exercises and we'll get back up to speed on it pretty soon. And that's, I'm okay with that. Right, that's why you're probably not seeing me in the water uh, very often. Although I have sort of tentatively been on canal sessions with smaller towing blades. In my wooden boat and my wooden sticks, and it's lovely, uh, but not putting a load of oomph uh, through my arm. But that's okay, you know. Like I don't often get injured, so the fact that I've got a slight little niggly injury, I'm kind of okay with it, really. Right. What else has been happening? Right. This one here, dead, dead quick, dead quick, because I can go on for hours and hours and hours. Uh, British Canoon have just partnered with Decathlon as their branding partner. Yeah, I'm appalled by it, right? Really, I'm appalled. Now, I get it. I absolutely get it that the amount of money that Decathlon have in order to partner with somebody like British Canoeing will bring people into the sport. I get it. Right, inflatable kayaks sold from Decathlon 
people need to be guided down the right channels. I get it. I 100% get it, right? Inflatable boats are the number one cause of rescues for our NLI. Okay? Rubbish paddle boards are just atrocious, aren't they? Uh, for the applications in which we as a community in paddle sport use them for. Uh, people going out on paddle boards without the experience, without the knowledge, not pumping them up correctly, breaking them because they're not good quality, etc, etc, etc. So I get it. I get why it might be seen as a great partnership. Because it sort of brings people in it more inclusively. And I'm quite big on inclusivity in our paddle sports. So it brings people in more inclusively. It's a multinational company, isn't it? With a shocking, shocking history of child labour in sweatshops. When you go into their frequently asked uh, web, uh, questions on their website, frequently asked questions, yeah. Uh, FAQQs. First thing it talks about is child labour laws and blah, 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 and how they're changing that. But So they've got a shocking track record, and they are trying to do better. But it's shocking track record, right? I also believe that British Canadians should be promoting and developing British brands because it's I'm not a nationalist, right? I'm far from a nationalist. But you've got the national governing body now negating all the hard work that the British industry has. The innovations, the safety, you know, the designs. Because let's be honest, Whilst we know that Decathlon do innovate in certain products, they also rip off a lot of their products. Okay. But, you know, it upsets me a little bit. It upsets me quite a lot uh, that British Canoon have chosen to go down the line of a non-specialist partner. I know it's money-orientated. It's very, would be very much akin to, you know, the BMC. I'm not the BMI then. The BMC uh, being partnered with Decathlon. Uh, although I guess it could be worse, British Cycling partnered with Shell, didn't it? Shell VP. Uh, so I kind of get it, but it upsets me greatly. And I'm I'm not a fan of it. I would much rather see British Canoeing partnering with maybe an environmental organisation if they need to be seen as neutral uh, in promoting a product. Because obviously if they per partner with, say, PQK, uh, then that negates the other brands. If they partner with Palm, it negates Peak, etc. Et so I would love for them to partner with an environmental concern. I think that would be a great thing for for the industry as a whole. Right. Interestingly, the photographs that the Gathlin are using sorry, I got a frog in my throat there. Yeah, interestingly the uh, the photographs that the Gathlin are using, which have obviously been given to them by British Canoeing, are with Chris Brain in an open boat wearing palm equipment. Which kind of tells me a little bit about where all this stands, you know. And isn't that a bit upsetting? I'm not going to go down this alleyway now because uh, I've been down this alleyway on social media and people have got opinions on it. So I'm going to stop there. But you know my point of view and it upsets me. Right. Yesterday, I went on a little jolly to Saltburn by the sea, Saltburn on sea, to see a friend and go surfing and had a little run. Didn't go surfing as it happened because A, my shoulder's not very good and B, the surf was not very good. But on the way there, I 
picked up a couple of kayaks from another friend, which was absolutely brilliant because picking the boats up, tying them on the roof, chatting. Now, tying boats on your roof should take about five minutes, right? This took an hour because we were talking about stories of old. Where, oh, do you remember that time when, you know, you'd paddle down this river and you have to turn left at Tom's boat because, you know, Tom's boat was pinned and it had been pinned all season. So that was like a marker. You know, like, this is pre-social media, isn't it, like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you remember when we, you had to, like, go right at Billy's Bend because, you know, it's the bend where Billy got annihilated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is before, you know, like, GoPro stuff. And it was all sort of fireside chatty stuff. And it really made me smile that we're two old duffers, like, talking about stuff that, I don't think it sort of happens anymore. I think because of the GoPro generation, the social media generation, pretty, stuff's pretty much instant. Stories are not relayed in the same kind of way. You know, like, I remember stories of people, and I've mentioned this before in podcasts, of people kayaking waterfalls and pushing first descents. But you wouldn't hear about it for an 18 months down the line because the story had sort of, start off as Chinese whispers and then it had sort of migrate up the country or down the country or across countries and like did you hear about when Barney did this? Or did you hear about that design that uh, Palmer got this new buoyancy have you, have you seen it? No, no, I never have I and it's it's not out in the magazine yet and there's no trade show and there's only one guy, you know, wearing it and he takes it off after an hour and puts an old one back on because he's just prototyping it and they want people to see. Or uh, they prototype boats that come out and they've got like old design stickers on them, so it looks like from a distance that it's an old design. But when you get close, you realise it's got a different hull, and maybe it's like twenty centimetres longer. <laughs> I remember that anyway. That just tickles me, and uh, I, I love the sort of fireside nature of stories we have in this kayak sport. And we are atrociously bad at documenting these stories. Climbers document them a lot, uh, but we don't, and it, that interests me as well. Like why we don't document the stories. But going to Saltburn on Sea, I had a lovely run, uh, cliff top run, happy and sad. Uh, obviously, lots of people are in mental turmoil when they go up onto that cliff path because there's quite a few uh, suicides up there. Which is noted by the plaques uh, and you know, Samaritan's numbers. So quite sobering, but also very beautiful. And uh, actually made me good to be alive, you know, jogging around there and then coming down for ice cream and dandelion and burdock, you know, lovely. But Saltburn by Sea, it was my one and only kayak surf competition, Saltburn. I would have been about 15, 16. And uh, maybe, can't have been 17, might have been 17, but 15, 16, that, that sort of age. And, went up kayak surf competition I think I had a, uh, a magic bat so as soon as we can date that competition because it was a piranha magic bat I'm pretty sure okay pretty sure it was a magic bat and like most things when it's your first time you're way out of your comfort zone and I was a kid and I really didn't understand what was going on because when a kid in the surf you just want to like bounce around don't you bongo slide and 
probably these days you want to do some California kickflips or whatever they're called or cobra flips and do so. But then I just wanted to bounce around in the foam stuff and do the odd pop out, you know. <laughs> and that's not how self kayaking works, is it? But that's what I wanted to do, and I probably didn't do very well. But it was, you know, looking back, it was a really good experience. And, I, you know, would I do one again? Probably not. Would I, should I buy a surf kayak? Yeah, probably. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely golden memories that are, like, a little bit rose-tinted because it was probably gash. The water was probably mega-polluted, you know. we I remember we slept in a, a static caravan that we'd hired as a club and waking up in the morning and the lad that, uh, I was drying my kit on his Land Rover overnight, and he must have had a really early morning heat because he must he had set off in the morning and had just basically thrown my kit in a big wet pile on the grass, <laughs> and somebody else had taken me down the beach. I remember that, and I can't remember who won. I, mean, I do remember there was a fiberglass piranha boat there as well. It wasn't a surfboat; it was a white water boat, and they had. I do remember there was like two disciplines. There was a sort of traditional what I call traditional surf class discipline where people were like zooming down diagonally and all that best way of choices and malarkey barkey and then there was like a freestyle what we call rodeo discipline where people bongo slide and doing pop outs that's all I wanted to do you know be the big balls and all that showing off stand on your foot pegs you know screaming and shouting at the beach and then getting off and having a bag of chips and an ice cream <laughs> but love it love it uh while I was there yesterday uh Going down memory lane with the friends, it was like it was, it was nice to see people enjoying the British uh, the British sunshine as well. The surf was gashed. There was a couple of yellow learner boards out, but there was nobody else out. But walking back to the car, there was a a bloke and his son. By the I would say by the look of it, I mean I don't know. It could be you know a bloke and some hostage, but <laughs> like, I, I would presume bloke and his son sat on the wall eating chips. And when they finished, they just got the chip wrapper and threw it in over the shoulder. Empty chip wrapper threw over the shoulder. They were next to a bin. Like, they didn't even, like, think to put it in the bin. And I got a bit upset and shouted and got a bit cross them. And they still didn't put it in the bin. And that disgusts me. You know, like, why, at what point in this world do we think it's okay to throw a litter? Because they obviously did. And uh, it got picked up and put in the bin eventually. But why, why do people do that? And it got me thinking, you know, why do people do that? Why do they, do we, that's uh, what I'm looking for. We, we're sort of, we're guardians, aren't we? All of us are guardians of sort of our world and how we, how we look after it. You know, the outside, outside our homes, that world is like a shared home, isn't it? It's like a massive, so if you ever lived in like a shared house, you know how stressful it can be when people don't do the dishes and, people like laundry piles and all that but outside our doors we are in a shared world how we interact in this world is we should, you know an amazing thing we, we should be courteous and generous and helpful and respectful you know but then we see people tossing litter we see people uh, and it's become more of a thing that uh, recently well with the development of technology you know we're like Blaring music out of Bluetooth speakers in rucksacks. What's that all about? You know, not everyone needs to hear your Bluetooth music blaring out, do they? And uh, I don't know, because my brain's not got the memory capacity for it. 
uh, if we used to have the same issue when we could smoke in pubs. I know smoking in pubs and restaurants was horrendous. You'd go in and you'd come back smelling the nicotine and nightclubs are absolutely horrendous, right? But now, with the vaping thing, which is shocking, right? Shocking, disposable vapes, right? <clears throat> kind of a, a weird thing, you know, to have some really masculine bloke or, you know, anybody, but I suppose vaping smelling of like <laughs> peaches and cream you know <laughs> but people seem to think it's okay to vape like in your vicinity like it's not though is it like it's not okay to vape in some next to somebody that doesn't vape at all like i don't want to leave a social situation smelling of like, smelling of like peaches and cream unless i'm at wimbledon or that strawberries and cream or whatever but i just don't want to do it like but people think it's okay. Like people think it's kind of okay to vape inside a bit. You know, I see so many people vaping inside because they're like, yeah, it's not really smoking, though, is it? <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? Uh, I've gone off a, t- a tangent just because I got triggered by saltburn yesterday. But we do need to be aware, don't we, gang, that we are sharing the world with everyone. And we need to be a little bit more considerate and calm and stuff like that. What's amazing, though, at the moment, and this is a positive to end on, is how many people are posting videos on social media of them progressing. And obviously, whitewater kayaking is my specialism. So that's the ones that I concentrate my viewing time on. But it's amazing to watch people I'm not going to name names because there's a plethora of people whose first videos were, oh, look at me making this Eddie and it's like the Eddie's as big as a bus and it's class one. And now they're making these mega tight Eddie's, you know, and the edge transitions are really good and the the strokes are really positive. The way their sort of body languages when they're moving around the features are just amazingly good, yeah? And that's so nice to see. So nice to see. That's something you wouldn't see on this sort of campfire story. Oh, have you seen how so-and-so's paddling? What so-and-so's paddling these days? You wouldn't see that. Uh, you would see people progress and get better because if you saw somebody 18 months prior and they were paddling badly and then you saw them 18 months down the line and they were paddling away and you'd see that jump. But you wouldn't sort of see the sort of footnotes to it. And that's what this social media has given us now is we sort of seen the sort of building blocks and I, I love that absolutely love that like I say really quick podcast this morning but just to thank people for all the downloads and letting you know it's on Spotify sun's out look after yourselves when you go out in the sun gang make sure you put your sunscreen on cover up I'm a melanoma uh, my melanoma charity ambassador I lost my dad to skin cancer so please cover up you know please Slap it on, you know. Keep putting it on. Sunscreen. It's going to wash off, isn't it? You know, it's going to wash into the rivers. So, if you paddle, especially if you're paddling like topless, I said topless, dry, dry topless, you know. So, bang it on. Put brims on your helmets if you can. Look after your skin. You know, don't spend too long sitting in the sun. Be sensible. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Again. Any comments, you can bang them in Podbean. Spotify doesn't have a comments thing, but Podbean does. So you can bang the comments in Podbean, bang them on socials, message me. You know the drill. And again, thank you so much for making this podcast uh, viable, really, because we're really far down the rabbit hole now and I can't stop.
Right. Cheers, gang. Have a good day.